hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Kent Only podcast brought to you in association with our good friends Workforce Dimensions Limited as always. As always I am John Phipps and on the line now is a man who on Monday night I described as a walking talking podcast intro and after much deliberation I'm going for on the line now is a man who almost got barred from a fast food restaurant over the weekend. Matt Gerrard how are you? That worked in my favour though mate to be honest very well. I'm okay at the moment, symptom free. Yeah, oh, whoa, 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 Coronavirus-free zone, this podcast. Not having it. I'm bored of it. Yeah, I'm fed up of hearing about it. I don't want to mention, I don't want it mentioned again. All right. Well, that may be difficult, but by the time you get a message saying that all football shut down, and I say, right, see you in about three months, John. Yeah. After this, it could be, but there you go. Well, yeah, yeah, well, like, yeah, so I had a bit of a rumble because of the thing, but look, checked on my phone, and they hadn't taken the money out. So basically, chicken dinner. So basically, you went into a well-known chicken shop, chicken dinner, yep. shouted at them that they hadn't provided the food that you had, that you'd paid for, and you hadn't actually paid for it. Embarrassed my kids because they were like, "Dad, Dad, be quiet, Dad." Yes, and then they hadn't taken money out. So basically, you'd you'd messed up the order. It was your fault. No, I did it on the app to get the offer, so I, I couldn't have done anything. They were, I, as I work in IT, I know these things. So I should have been a bit more forgiving for them because always find it when if you work in IT, you know when um, the company you know it's had a massive attack. I always really feel sorry for the IT manager because I hate that to be me because you know, basically they've been gifted. I'm always a bit concerned about it. So, but KFC, oh, chicken dinner place, uh, got free chicken. Well, I'm I'm my kids were embarrassed. Like that, that's all they kept telling anybody. Dad shouted at the lady at KFC because I don't, I don't normally do that sort of thing. But when she said you're not having your dinner, it's going to cost you X amount of cash. That's like red rag to a ball, saying tight as I am. Well, and and it turns out that you actually did. She had every right to ask me to pay for it, as you hadn't paid for it. Well, well yeah, but yeah, but uh, yeah, but we'll, we'll move on from uh, winner winner chicken dinner. Yes, but what we yeah, have that, that was it. all my kids. Every time they dad shouted, so clearly they must have been surprised. I actually shouted at somebody because nobody. I'm pretty nice, as you know, do well now, John. Well, that is very, very true. Um, we're recording this on Thursday lunchtime. Is it because you're important or something? No, I had a busy day at work yesterday, which was annoying me. So um, I couldn't get out of it, trying to fix problems when we got to the bottom of it. So that's a little bit better on Thursday. And of course, we might have more news going forward for the rest of the week. Big weekend ahead. Well, it's being unpermitted. It's, it's been the weather. It could be other stuff now. It, We're not talking about that. No, exactly. It's a, yeah, it's an interesting uh, time in the world of football. But before we carry on with the podcast, I've got something else I need to ask you, Matt. Now, um, I think it was about 18 months ago that you ruined Christmas for children up and down the land. And I'm really concerned that on Monday night you told me you'd had a message from your, your good lady wife saying that one of your daughters had lost a tooth and that you needed to bring some money home. Um, That's right. Why? And it's my oldest daughter as what, well, so what, what, she what, should know. What, what, why would you need to bring money? I don't understand. Why Why would it be you? Uh, because highly likely she didn't have any money on this. Um, well, 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 why does your wife need to bring... What about the tooth fairy? Oh, oh very good. Yeah, but yeah, of course, the kids are very good, yes. But they, they still... They've got, they, they've got names for the tooth fairy and all things like that, but clearly... Megan, who's nearly 11, knows it's not the bloody tooth fairy, but you think it's a way of getting some more money. So. Uh, do you want to know the really stupid thing I did this week? Right. Um, what did you do? Well, yesterday, Wednesday, I was all ready for, 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 the, for the podcast, but um, 
I had on the same day my car MOT'd and a trip to the dentist. I mean, that that is some high level idiocy, oh, isn't it? Yeah, yes. Well, that is. Well, I've got to go to the dentist again. Yeah, that's your dentist. That's fifty quid a polish. Well, mine is. I don't know how much it is for you. Uh, well, I had a, just a checkup yesterday, and then they told me that I had to uh, go to the the hygienist. So, um, oh, yeah, well, they offered me one o'clock today, and I thought, should I go and have stuff done to my teeth or speak to Matt Gerrard? And it was a tough call, uh, yeah, but in the true. end, I decided that I'd speak to you. Um, so, but I'm back there in about four weeks' time. But, oh, uh, it cost me the price of an MOT. I was very surprised that my uh, my not well. I was going to say battered. It's not battered, but it's eight years old. It's got nearly hundred and forty thousand miles on the clock, but it's sailed through its MOT. Not even a no, not a note on it. Have you done all those hundred and forty thousand miles? Uh, I've done about hundred and thirty thousand of them. Oh, impressive! In eight years, that's good going, mate. Yeah, well, it's because bear in mind, I used to. Um, commute to Leatherhead every day for a year. I used to commute to Tunbridge Wells. I've commuted to, up to London. I've done all sorts, and I just, yeah. I've just, driven, I've just driven a lot. But it, fortunately, now my driving, uh, my amount of miles that I've done has uh, got has Would come you down. Like a new car? Well, it's it's a tough one because I, 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 my car gets me from A to B. I've not got no desire to have a big car. I've got no desire to have a sports car. I'm quite happy with what I've got. I don't need to go 140 mile now, and that's not allowed. Yeah, I've had my car nearly 14 years. Wow. And it is pretty battered now. And I always think it would be a nice to have a nice car. I even, yesterday, saying that, I brought one of those Bluetooth things so I can put in the, um, sort of the um, cigarette lighter. Oh, nice. Shows how old my car is. You probably can't get cars with cigarette lighters these days, can you? No, I don't probably think so. So that, so. so that shows on it. So I could actually, hands-free. Very good. So that was exciting. And I can play... Rather than driving along with my earphones in my ear, listening to stuff, I can actually play it so I can listen to stuff on that. So oh, my CD player eventually gives up the ghost when he decides that frozen CD that's stuck in there to, give, to basically stop working. I've got a chance for that. So, so you've got a I've frozen got CD stuck in your car? Yeah. The um, This is a few years ago. And the frozen thing... I've not told you this story. Basically, the kids you know, sit in the front, so of course they're like pressing buttons. So one... Where's the frozen CD gun? I don't know, Dad. I don't know, Dad. And of course, we work because if you press the button, the CD player still works. If you press the button on it, it just goes. But but they must then lock down. But there is, if somebody ever bought my car, the CD player works. You have to put it in about five times before it connects it because it's got a, a frozen CD stuck in there. Brilliant. This um, reminds me of an episode of How I Met Your Mother, where uh, one of the characters had had a car for years. And uh, the single, the cassette single to um, 500 miles was stuck in it. And um, they literally, every single journey that he'd ever had in the car for about five years, had all just been accompanied to that song. And then when when the car got written off at the very in in the episode where this was all discussed, he literally just tapped the dashboard and the tape came out. <laughs> <laughs> Comedy gold. Yeah, yeah, very good. That basis, very yeah, good. So, yeah, there is a yeah, but, yeah, again. It's a, I'd, I'd love a new car, one of the big sort of family ones, but it's not going to happen because A, they're too expensive, and B, I haven't got any money. So, uh, so this one's it's a bit like your car, but it's worth more to me than anything, really, because it gets me to A to B for football and exactly. various pieces. Yeah. 
Exactly. Uh, it's our 114th episode this week, and that is the maximum number of points it was possible to get in the Premier League this season. And Liverpool looked like they were going to be on course for it at one stage, but then they started losing games. And uh, I mean, frankly, this is a Kent on League podcast, but for me, they were hilarious scenes at Anfield uh, on uh, on Wednesday evening as they were knocked out of the Champions League, um, especially with everybody saying, oh, we dominated. That was one of our best performances ever. You still lost 3-2. Uh, so that is the end of that. Do you, do you think we'll ever see a team get close to 114 points in the Premier League, Matt? Uh, couldn't give a monkey's jump. What about one of our leagues that's got 20 teams in it? One day, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, uh, 20, yeah, yeah well, well, that would be unbelievable, wouldn't it? No, 114. Uh, 24 team league, maybe. Yeah. Probably, yeah, but no in a 20 team league. No, I, I've got no real love for the Premier League. No, so, 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 it's a good uh, job then that we're a f- podcast that talks about non-league so, football. So let's move what, on. What would happen? What would happen if if Bromley or Dover got promoted? We would never be able to talk to them about them again, would we? Nope. So, but basically, Dover getting promoted, which I would say is quite slim, could end my time on this podcast. Well, exactly. You'd have so to get somebody else in. Come on, the whites. <laughs> so let's talk about some non-league football in Kent, and we're going to start. I haven't got an interview this week because I'm worried that we keep talking to this club, but we've got to start with Corinthian. FA Vars semi-finalist, absolute thriller against Leighton Town on Saturday. A 4-3 win, a late winner, brilliant, brilliant result for them. And, and they go to the semi-finals now and it's absolutely fantastic. Unbelievable. Uh, I, know you, I know you said before that they thought they'd beat Leighton Town. And maybe Leighton were a little bit harder than they imagined, but being in front, coming back... Coming back from behind as well, absolutely fantastic. So we've got no idea how they're going to go against the uh, northern side, but what an achievement that is! But if they've got the commitment and the character they showed in the quarterfinal, they've got a very chance, good chance to get into the next to get into the final. That would be an unbelievable achievement. And I would probably say, look at it there. There must be. I'm not trying to sell their players, but there must be clubs higher up the pyramid who've seen what they've done with those players they've got there, and maybe. They could be looking to play up at a higher level. And I think that um, people at Corinthian will be absolutely delighted with that sort of thing. But what an achievement it is. And fingers crossed that things don't get taken out of their hands and they can get to um, try and get to, to Wembley next week. Yeah, uh, interesting one as well. You say about the players, people looking at a higher level. And I, and I know he's very much involved with the club on a family basis. But do you think people might be looking at Michael Golding as well for the job he's done there? If he wants it, if you want a dedicated, committed man who puts in the hours, as we know, um, to watch opponents and watch players, yeah, there's no reason why not. Who's um, came so close last year, learned from that, and hopefully they can always be they move away from being the bridesmaid and being the bride. But there's no reason why clubs in the Ryman League would, would not be looking at him to think, right, here you go, what can you do? Apparently they don't pay the players, so if he had money, what could he do with that? Exactly. Uh, we did speak to Michael Golding on Radio Kent on Monday night, so do uh, try and dig that out because he did talk a lot and uh, potentially making a trip up to Newcastle this weekend to watch uh, their semi-final opponents, who are Heaven Town, uh, currently second in the Northern League, uh, who they'll play over two legs. The first leg is at Gaydorn Farm next Saturday, the 21st of March, with the second leg on the 28th uh, up in the northeast. 
so we'll, we'll keep an eye on that and I'm sure we'll have some preview for that on next week's podcast but the week got even better for Corinthian on Tuesday night as they came from behind to beat Chatham Town by three goals to one to go back up to second in the league uh, absolutely fantastic result and, and you know last year they just went on a run and, and were on the crest of the wave and it looks like the same's happening this year Matt yeah unbelievable um you cannot deny what they've done and the achievement that they're doing. It's a fantastic division at the moment. That's what I have to say as well. So tight, so exciting. But I think it's a real credit, um, the division for the, uh, for, for the county scene this year. And I think the scaffold has been an absolute credit this year, how the strength it's been. The sides in there, Tunbridge Wells, if they could play a few more games, we didn't expect them to be up there. The big sides, maybe you look at it, the Chathams are there, but it's been a really competitive league and a, a real credit to everybody. And I think you would show, I would say, from what Michael Gordon says, a lot of the sides, top end of the scaffold, would have no problems competing in the uh, in, in the, in the Betfix or uh, the league above. So fair play to them. Let's hope it can, it can continue this because it's a really fascinating title run. There can't be many title runs in the country with um, so many sort of... Um, sides involved when we go in with six weeks or so to go to the end of the season yeah I think it, it, it and we'll probably hear later in the show as well we've got an interview uh, with someone who's played in the scaffold talking about the high standard of that league and I think it's absolutely right to say that the top five six maybe teams have all got something that they can compete at the league above and you know it's quite interesting to, to see how the, the scaffolds had teams going deep into into the Vars the last couple of years when you look at um, the Sussex League for example the Southern Combination League I think the the Scaffold is a much much stronger league, and it, it, because you look and see how teams who come up from the Scaffold fair at the next level compared to how teams from the Southern Combination do, it does make a difference. I think it, it really does. But you know, when you've got the managers of you know the quality, the man, you've got people like Scott Lindsay who has managed and coached at a very high level, coming willing to come down to this level as well. Um, I think it's a real credit for so the Scaffold should be absolutely delighted with itself. We've only had issues, you know, with certain things with racism, but on a football point of view, it's been a first-class division. It really has. The other results: there was a game on Wednesday night uh, as Wellingtown drew two-two. Uh, with Punjab United, a late goal there. Uh, on Tuesday night, there was supposed to be a game at Glebe, but that was called off. So was Tunbridge Wells game, but the two of them have now decided they're going to try and play at Glebe on Thursday night. Uh, so that could, could potentially uh, be a game that goes ahead. It was also on Tuesday night, Crowborough 2, Irith Town 2, and Sheffield United were 1-0 winners at Lordswood. Uh, Dan Bradshaw with his 49th goal of the season for the Ites. Uh, they are up to third in the table uh, with 54 points from 26 games. Corinthian are just behind, uh, so just ahead of them, sorry, uh, with 55 points from 25. And Beckenham still top of the table, for 26 games played, 57 points. The games on Saturday, uh, there were a few. Crowborough beat Hollands and Blair by one goal to nil. Irith and Belvedere two, Canterbury City two. Sheffield United won 2-0 at Irith Town. Glebe beat K-Sports by five goals to nil. Lords would beat AFC Croydon 3-1. Uh, Punjab United were beaten 3-2 uh, by Chatham Town. And Beckenham, the leaders, were 3-0 winners at Wellingtown. Uh, there are, of course, fixtures this weekend. Uh, I don't think the crowds are that big uh, there that we need to worry at the moment on that front. As I say, there was the game on Thursday night between Glebe and Tunbridge Wells. Uh, this podcast probably won't be out before that game anyway. Uh, and then on Saturday, we've got AFC Croydon against Steel Town. Canterbury City against Lordswood, Chatham against K-Sports, Corinthian against Beersted, Irith Town against Wellingtown, Fisher against Punjab United, 
Hollands and Blair against Beckenham, uh, Sheppey United against Glebe, and Tunbridge Wells are at home to Irith and Belvedere. And hopefully Tunbridge Wells uh, will manage to get that game on, but obviously time will tell. There's also some games in that league on Tuesday night. Beersted against Deal Town, Corinthian at home to Fisher, Crowborough Athletic against Punjab United, Glebe against Beckenham Town and Tunbridge Wells against Canterbury City. But a couple of those games hastily rearranged as well. And then on Wednesday, Wellingtown against Chatham Town. You really, it's really hard to keep up with the games at this stage of the season, isn't it? Well, weather permitting and other things permitting, yeah. Um, yeah, fair play to everybody involved in the clubs, the groundsmen trying to get games on players taking time off work etc like that so it's a difficult time I think we, as we know it's been a really disappointing winter this year and it must be really tough on these clubs exactly uh, into the scaffold division one very quickly another division with a ridiculously tight title race although the top two have now moved a little clear although teams below them do have games in hand but Russell and Kennington are the top two in that division uh, results this week in that league on Tuesday night was Meridian VP nil Forest Hill Park nil Sutton Athletic two Bryden Ropes three uh, on Monday night, SC Thamesmead drew 1-1 with Stansfeld. And then going back to Saturday, Greenways 3, Holmesdale 2, Kennington 1, Rostall 2, Kent Football United 1, Brydon Ropes 2, Lewisham 0, Stansfeld 1, Meridian VP 0, Croydon 2 and Sutton Athletic 3, Snodland Town 0. Uh, interesting league this because you just never know when anyone's playing as well. So that uh, further adds to the complication. Uh, we do try and bring you the, the fixtures and the results. So I will tell you Saturday's fixtures. Uh, Brydon Ropes against Lidtown. Homestead against Sutton Athletic. Kent Football United against Kennington. Lewisham Borough against Croydon. Rochester United against FC Olmstead. Rostell against Forest Hill Park. SC Thamesmead against Meridian. And Stansfeld versus Greenways. Now Tuesday night, Sutton Athletic against Meridian VP. And Wednesday night, Croydon against Brydon Ropes. Leedtown against Rochester United. <sighs> Plenty going on then in the scaffold. Uh, <laughs> over the, uh, the, the next... Good work there, mate. Good work. Thanks, Good mate. Play. Yeah, over the next seven days, there's plenty going on there. We're going to just move up the one step then uh, to the Isthmian League Southeast, where there was, uh, well, there's a couple of big bits of news, but uh, on Saturday there was a game between Herne Bay and Sittingbourne, which uh, made the headlines because Herne Bay ended up with an outfielder in goal and he saved a penalty. Now, if that doesn't get you on the Kent Only podcast, what will? So here is that man, Herne Bay captain, defender, turned goalkeeper, Lawrence Harvey. Not the usual Saturday afternoon for sure. Um, it was a crazy game, really. It was all start, stop, injury. Um, couldn't really get a rhythm um, at all. I don't think we were particularly playing well, but um, as it turned out, we got three points and um, yeah, we lost uh, lost uh, Big G obviously um, to a bad injury. Um, Fair play to him for trying to carry on with a dislocated shoulder for about 15, 20 minutes. Um, I don't know how he did that. Um, but yeah, ended up going in goal. Kind of uh, expected it as soon as I saw he was struggling. Um, I've done it before once this season. So um, yeah, and then yeah, made a penalty save. I think that was about it, to be honest. That's all <laughs> I really have to do. Um, well, I, I was going to ask you actually if, if there was much sort of debate over who it was going to be that, that would go in goal, but you say you've done it before this season. Uh, yeah, so I think it was an FA Cup replay. I might be wrong on that, but I think we had Croydon away on a Tuesday night, and our goalkeeper, um, I think we signed um, Rob uh, Bud, who was cup tied. So um, uh, I don't think Gaffer could sign anyone in time um who wasn't cup tied so um 
yeah, I ended up playing the whole 90 minutes in goal. And how was that um, experience and how did you get on? Yeah, we won 1-0 that night. Um, so, yeah, that was OK. So I played in goal a little bit just uh, as a kid, teenager, growing up, not, not, not properly like matches, but just messing around with friends, having a kickabout. So I kind of, um, I knew it was coming that we didn't have a sub-keeper on the bench. I knew if he was going off, it was probably going to be me. So... Is it one of those things, I guess, all goalkeepers think they can play brilliant outfield? I guess when you go in goal, did you think, oh, I could save a penalty easy? Um, I wouldn't say that, but um, I kind of had a feeling of where I was going to go. Um, I went out second half for uh, about five minutes early to warm up um, because uh, I think I went in goal for about the last ten minutes of the first half and I didn't really have anything to do so I went out for a quick warm up and the goal mouth was just so slippery um, so I had a feeling that the guy was not going to go across his body to shoot I just thought it's safe and um, and go to my left and that's, that's literally my thought process when it came to the uh, uh, penalty save. The gaffer sent me uh, a video of the penalty, and we have to be fair and say it's not the best penalty you'll ever see, no. is it? No, not at all. But I can only save what he's given me, so uh, <laughs> I'll take that. Uh, generally speaking, uh, it's been a brilliant season for Herne Bay. Probably better than you would have expected at the start. Uh, completely. When we uh, first started, um, things were, were not going well at all. It wasn't really gelling. Um, new manager, new players, results weren't going well, it was, it was almost a point where I was questioning, thinking, is this going to turn a corner? You always um, believe and hope it is, but we didn't start well at all, so to be where we are now is, uh, is a great achievement. I, I wonder where we could have been if we'd started the season well, um, but yeah, things have turned a corner and... Um, yeah, we're doing really well and um, just taking it game by game at the moment and see where it takes us. I remember speaking to the gaffer back around a couple of months ago and asking him what the difference is between the scaffold where, where he was and you were and this level. Have you found it a big gap? Um, a little bit, yeah, for sure. I've, I've played this league before with a few clubs and... Um, yeah, it's just a, a lot stronger team. So the, the scaffold probably, uh, you've got seven, eight strong teams. So I think we'd do well in the um, in this league, in the Bostick or whatever it is now, Bet Victor. Um, and you kind of see that. You see that Cray coming up in there in the playoffs. So you see that there are good teams um, in the scaffold. So... Um, there is a difference. Uh, I don't think you get any easy games in this league. You have to um, you have to earn every point. That's for sure. And looking at the table, you are fifth, but the team behind you, Chichester, have got three games in hand. But you'd rather have the points on the board, wouldn't you, than, than the games in hand? I think so. At this stage, at this stage, they're gonna um, they're doing well in form. But um, I don't know. Hopefully, for us, the uh, amount of fixtures they've got to play in a short space of time. You don't know if they're going to keep winning three points uh, every game. Um, obviously, they're going to have quite a few Tuesday nights, um, maybe quite a bit of travel. So, um, we'll see how it goes. And we still got to play them, I think. So, um, that'll be a big game. So, yeah, hopefully, 
hopefully uh, we can keep our place there and um, yeah, rather rather have the points on the board. And you go to Ashford on Saturday, a team who are above you, so that should be a really tough game. And obviously you'll be hoping uh, that Ben can work some magic and get a keeper in. Yeah, I hope so. I'm sure he will. He usually does. Um, yeah, it'll be a big game. Um, a few of us went down to watch them the other the other Saturday when pretty much every game was called off, but um, they were on against Chichester. So, um, yeah, we know what, what to expect. We know it'll be a tough match. Um, but, yeah, we're... we're um, we're going there for three points, so yeah, hopefully uh, we can get a positive result. And just finally, a quick word on your gaffer, Ben. Obviously, it was at Canterbury, it all ended pretty sourly last year, but he's, he's coming to Herne Bay and, and carried on the great work he was doing at Canterbury with a lot of the same players as well. Yeah, he's done a great job uh, and he continues to do a good job. He's um, so passionate about it, he puts so much of his time into the club. Um, and it's paying off, uh, he's got a chairman who really involved, really backs him, um, and all the boys are, are fully behind him. So, um, yeah, long may that continue. Uh, we'll talk more about Sittingbourne shortly, Matt, but uh, a very laid-back chap there, Lawrence Harvey, and, and he, he seemed to take it all in his stride going in goal. I think of all the interviews he's had, mate, there's some, I reckon he was, he was basically sitting down on a, on a chaise lounge enjoying talking to him. Very laid-back, wasn't he? And fair play, I did see the penalty. Um, that he mentioned saving it, it wasn't the greatest penalty. He had to be there. He had a Terry Butcher style um, headband on. Good, strong. Normally a rock at the back, but really, really good. I loved it. I thought I might have to go and go, so I did. So fantastic result for Herne Bay. Zach Ansar's only goals he's got this season, but plenty. Two penalties. Season beat Sittingbourne, and then he conceded late on against uh, Sittingbourne as well. Herne Bay was Herne Bay having an absolutely fantastic season. And, what a good job our mate Ben Smith doing. Yeah, and, and a real commodity, I suppose, for Ben to have a, an outfield player who is so confident to go in goal just in case. Because teams at that level, you're not naming a goalkeeper on the bench. You, you, most of the time, you're just having one goalkeeper on your book. So for him to, to be able to count on Lawrence Harvey like that is really useful. Yeah, it is. I'm interested in it. was George, I can't remember, his surname before my Ashford goalkeeper there. Interesting to see who he brings in now to be his goalkeeper. Um from that point of view but yeah really really good job they're doing there yeah, and, and he said about Ben Smith there I, I, we say this but there's quite a few managers around around the place but I reckon I, I, I could play for Ben Smith he'd, he'd get the best out of me he's right yeah, there's a lot of people on this pod I feel that um, you'd feel that work hard at their game and want to be successful and, and people may laugh, oh, he's a manager of a scaffold side. That's, a, to me, is an excellent achievement. Excellent Matt Ryman side, and they work hard to get there. <laughs> it's a decent level of football. I think there's a, de- a lot of good managers out there, like Ben Smith, who know a lot of people in the game. They're learning. So, uh, fair play to him, man. Bay, where were they last season? Probably right at the wrong end of the table, but I want more my time following football. Can't remember Herne Bay being in the Ryman Premier equivalent. So, fantastic achievement if they can get there. Absolutely, and um, they're looking set for the playoffs. But as you said, there it's all about the the the, the run in with Chichester as well, who are pushing very much at the top of that division uh, as well. But yeah, it is the the old adage that we talk about quite a lot. You'd rather have the points on the board yeah. than the games in hand. Um, the defeat at Herne Bay on Saturday was cut, followed for Sittingbourne by a three 0 loss at home to Seven Oaks Town on Tuesday night, and that led to the resignation of manager Chris Lynch. Uh, just over a year in the job uh, for Chris, a very, very lengthy statement 
uh, on the Sittingbourne website uh, saying with a very heavy heart he decided to step down. They've lost nine in a row, I think, uh, one point out of 33. Uh, and he, he did a good job there, Chris Lynch. And, and I know he's got things going on at Dover Athletic as well. Um, but he has really, really been working hard on that. And, and sometimes you just kind of look at things and you just think it, it, it hasn't worked out. And that's why Chris Lynch has stepped away. It's a difficult club, Sittingbourne, I think, for me to, to manage good people behind the scenes of the pots. I don't think that one of them's not involved anymore, but it's always going to be difficult trying to attract players. He's worked in the academy system, so he's had players in from that point of view, but sometimes it just doesn't work out, does it? So I um, feel a bit sorry for him there, but I know his role at Dover as scout, I think it is, or looks at players, he'll do that. But um, again, he's come from a, a good level, he's worked his way up. Um, and we spoke to him when he got the job early doors, didn't we? He was, he was very keen on that. So, just hopefully, he, he, you know, he hasn't fallen out of love with it. And it's a brave decision to resign with, you know, with nine defeats on the board and a spin. You know, it's probably only one way you can go. And uh, shame it's got happened to him that way. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the statement is worth the read. It is on the uh, on the Sittingbourne website. So do search that. Is very, very, very long. Uh, Darren Blackburn is going to take over uh, until the end of the season. But an interesting comment that he did make here, uh, Matt, is uh, on the social media side of things, some people feel it's acceptable to hide behind computers, make fake accounts and post all kinds of untruths online. My hope for the future is they are held accountable. They should consider the damage they can cause not only to the individual and their family, but also the actual club itself. The players read everything. It affects their confidence. I've seen it all too often with clubs. It's a poor state of affairs. Having opinions is fine, as we all agree we see the game differently, but personal attacks online are for cowards. My opinion on that will never change, at least make an effort to get the correct facts. And in this uh, day and age, it's, it's hard to disagree with that, Matt. Yeah, um, the days of, of when I, you know, after a game when I was youngster watching it, you just talk to your mates down the pub, but it's very easy to go on a fans forum or a Twitter account and slag people off. But the chances are you would never go up to Chris Lynch or somebody of that group and do it yourself. But it's the, age we, the age we live in, I'm afraid, John. Um, uh, so, I'm, yeah, disappointed, but I'm not surprised he, he had to say that. Yeah, um, so he gave, and all of that, you know, nobody wants out to lose football matches. He was trying his best, and it just didn't work out for him. And it doesn't help that people are, you know, they're slagging him off uh, online, really. So um, it's pretty, pretty bad to see. Yeah, I mean, sixteenth in the table, sitting board. And I suppose probably thought I must have thought they probably would be John. I'm not. Yeah. When they when they were looking at the going of the playoffs, you know, you thought they were overachieving, which I would probably say home Bay are overachieving, but it just hasn't happened recently. And, Sittingbourne are a Ryman South East club or Betfix South East club. That is their level. You know, the, the years of when they have that, all that investment in um, are long gone. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Feel, you know, that's where they are. But maybe Chris is not, didn't feel he was a man to, to carry on going forward. And I'm sure there'll be a lot of um, applicants for that job because, they, yeah, as I said before, they're, you know, a nice little club. Yeah, and, and I suppose uh, his departure now. Uh, with what nine games left in the season does give uh, Darren Blackburn a chance to to show if, if he's got got the job, or, or also, you know, gives anyone who may come in could, could come in and, and really have a sort of start from scratch at at, at Sittingbourne, and and I think that that is something that that club maybe needs somewhere along the line, just because there is potential there, but. You know, they're always going to be hamstrung by where they are. And, and, you know, like you say, really good people behind the scenes there, the pits and, and the chairman, Morris Dunk, who we spoke to on the show before. Yeah. You know, y you want to see them do well. But the fact of the matter is where they are in the town, it is always going to be a struggle. But if you can do, if you can find the, the, the right person to take a club in the, in the right direction, then 
the, the location doesn't matter really. It's just about finding the magic formula, I suppose. Yeah, I think the magic formula is knowing players and getting players that are willing to play for you. Which we've seen with Ben Smith, he got a lot from Canterbury going back to Town Bay. Yeah, I think at this level, it's more to do with the contacts you can bring in. If yeah, I can get A to play with me, and then maybe he might be able to bring B and so on from that. So, and clearly, Chris Lee did have the contacts, but maybe in the academy game, maybe higher up the chain, a more experienced player that's maybe sitting ball will try and look at it that way. So we we'll just see where they go from here. Yeah, the rest of the results on Saturday in that division. Uh, Seven Oaks have beaten 3-1 at Chichester. It was Cray Valley PM 5, Ramsgate 3. Uh, Faversham Town got their first win in 12, I think it was. A 2-0 win over bottom of the table, East Grinstead. Uh, Whitstable Town took the lead but were beaten at Hastings by two goals to one. It was a 1-0 victory for Phoenix Sports at Hayward Heath. Uh, we've already heard about Herne Bay beating Sittingbourne 2-1. Uh, VCD Athletics stunned Ashford United with a 3-1 win. Uh, for them, uh, while Hyde Town were two nil winners uh, away at Whiteleaf, uh, both goals from Franny Collin, which no doubt would have cheered up manager Steve Watts. And then on Tuesday night, there were also uh, a handful of games. We've already mentioned Sittingbourne nil, Sevenoaks Town three. Uh, it was Burgess Hill two, Ramsgate two, uh, late goal earning a point for Burgess Hill, and Cray Valley won three two against Whiteleaf. Two penalties there uh, for Gavin Tomlin in that game so uh, plenty of action going on there as we approach the business end of the season as Matt likes to say uh, but you would say the top four in that division probably looking set for the playoffs it's just whether Herne Bay can hold off those behind them to, to secure their, their their own spot so uh, we will keep an eye on that this weekend uh, in yeah, the... you, you would have thought so uh, you would have thought that would be the case that Herne Bay are looking at Chichester now and it Chichester three games in hand Home Bay, good form that Home Bay are in. Yeah, you would have thought they're playing for one spot. Hopefully Home Bay can do it against Chichester. Hopefully their cup of rights is going to come back and bite them on the backside and they they'll, 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 won't have enough energy to get above them. But that's, I would say Home Bay and Chichester are playing for the final playoff spot, yeah. Yeah, this weekend Home Bay have a tough one. They're away to Ashford United. Uh, VCD Athletic are away to Burgess Hill. Uh, it's Hythe Town against Cray Valley. Phoenix Sports host Hastings United. Ramsgate are at home to Hayward Heath. Seven Oaks meet Guernsey. Sittingbourne host Chichester. Uh, Faversham go to Three Bridges. And it's Whitstall Town against Whitehawk. On Tuesday night, Cray Valley PM go to East Grinstead. And uh, Phoenix Sports meet Whitstable. Uh, we'll move on to the uh, Eastman League Premier Division. But obviously first, Matt, we've got to talk about the Velocity Trophy. Uh, after folks and Victor reached the semi-finals... Uh, on Tuesday night with a penalty shootout win, uh, which caused their they're game... They're the final then? No, they reached the semi-finals. Bloody hell, I thought they were in the final. They, that, that caused, that quarter-final caused their league game with Cray Wanderers, a game we were looking forward to hearing about uh, to be postponed. And they now got a nice local game in the semis, Matt. Where's it going to go? Bracknell Town at home. I mean, Bracknell Town against Folkestone in a Tin Pot Cup competition on a Tuesday night in March. Are you having a laugh? So, I presume... This is, 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 so this is not all... This decides from all that level, isn't it, now? Yeah. That is a waste of bloody time. Yeah. Well, hopefully folks... Well, clearly folks are taking it seriously because have they won two penalty shoots out on the spin? They have won two penalty shoots out on the spin. Yeah, so, well, you'd be disappointed now if you don't get through to the final. Well, at home to a... a home in the next round. At home to a team from a lower league as well and, and they'll play either Horsham or Chesson in a final that I'll really find it difficult to give a monkey's about uh, whenever that happens. Um... Uh, elsewhere in that division, though, or in the division in the league on Saturday, uh, the Isthmian League Premier Division, they did have more disappointment, folks, and held to a 1-1 draw uh, by Enfield Town. And 
overtaken in the uh, in the league table by Cray Wanderers. Your mate Joe Taylor, my mate Joe Taylor, on the score sheet again. Could Cray Wanderers win this league, Matt? I didn't realise how quickly they snuck up on the inside. I mean, it's 42, so they're six, seven points at the top with a game in hand. Their form is superb. There's no reason why not. Worthing, uh, been a bit of a mess, but Crayon are informed side. And when you've got something like Joe Taylor who could sneak a goal at any time, they have a chance. Are we, are we hoping that folks are going to get in the playoffs as well? We can't write, write off folks then because, of course, they win their game in hand, they go ahead of Cray. So, ahead of that big game together, yeah, well... I'd love it if either Cray or Folkestone won that division. It's going to be tight. You've got to hope for a dip in Worthing, but both have an absolutely fantastic seasons. Yeah, uh, Brighton City Regent were the team that Cray Wanderers beat on Saturday. It was also a 1-0 win for Margate uh, on Saturday as they beat Bowers and Pitsy 1-0, a late goal from Elliot Reeves. And they followed it up on Tuesday night with a 1-0 win over Wingate and Finchley. Uh, Cadell Daniel on the score sheet for uh, the gate there. And um, I, I read uh, uh, that one of the... Uh, from the club was on a, a local radio station down in Thanet in the week, Matt, and you'll never you'll never guess what. What's that? Apparently, planning applications going in for a hotel and, and some improvements to the stadium at some point soon. How many oh, right. full storms have we heard oh, about yeah. this? <laughs> it was with the economic climate, of course, another hotel in Margate is probably just what they need. Yeah, so exactly. So. I'm sure that the um, well, until we see something being built there, um, we'll wait to see. But. Um, <laughs> You've got to move away from the porter cabins first. If they, if they, I would say build a stand if you can with proper changing rooms, and then worry about the hotel from the next phase forward. But yeah, good luck with Margate if they're going to get anywhere. But I'm sure we'll be talking about this for the next 10, 15 years probably. And as a Thurston resident, it makes my heart sink a little bit. Exactly. Uh, this weekend in that division, uh, Margate are playing Wingate and Finchley again just a few days after beating them. Uh, Folks and Victor are also away from home at Kingstonian and Cray Wanderers compete the hat-trick as they go to Chessant. And then on Tuesday night, Margate are away to Leatherhead, uh, trying again to play that one. Hopefully the pitch there uh, will have dried out in time for that. Uh, let's move on then to the National League where... Uh, it was a, a mixed weekend, uh, shall we say, uh, results-wise. Um, well, it was 1-1-1, one, one and one, wasn't it? One draw, one one win, one defeat. Uh, let's start with the defeat then, which came at Crabble, where Dover Athletic's playoff hopes took another hit as they were beaten at home by playoff rivals Yeovil Town. After that game, Matt spoke to Dover Athletic manager Andy Hessentyler. Bad day at the office, and I thought he got a little bit bullied in that game. Yeah, second half, not first half. The game was a little bit scrappy and... The referee enjoyed his whistle quite a lot. We got roped into perhaps trying to play the same way as them, but they, you know, they played the diamond. We knew that they played that. Um, we played 4-4-2 and we didn't get a grip of the game. And The only times we had calls and the problems when we tried to get the ball in behind them and, and we did that a couple of times first half. Got, you know, There's a shout for a penalty. I'll have to have a look at it, but some are saying it was, some are saying it wasn't. Um, if it was and he's, he's got it wrong, it's a big big moment that in the game, isn't it? Um, because it's a, it's a it's a penalty and a sending off. So, but listen, I have to, um, we can't hide behind that. We're not going to talk about that. That's, that's by the by. We've lost the game now. And uh, the second half, we didn't do it, go out and do what we we said spoke about in the in the change room at half time. And you know, how disappointing is that from you? Your yeah, point of view? Because we talked about it, and it weren't just coming from me. That was coming from the players and everybody. You know, us as a group in there. Not doesn't always have to come from the managers. The players could see that, and we. Their centre halves and, and, and Charlie Lee sitting in midfield had a, had a field day because our quality of our balls from back to front were, were poor. We never. It, I'm talking about 
dropping things in behind him because that was the way he was going to turn them. And we never did that. You know, even for their goal, we've got the ball. You switched off a little bit. Yeah, but we, we, we give the ball away. Nasser's give the ball away when we've had the ball. Give it away. Fellas cleared it. It's come off. They got a throw in and we sw- they switched off, you know. And uh, Oh, that's a good finish. Don't get me wrong. It was a hell of a finish. But it's a goal. We, you know, we, we switched off and then, listen, we, had to, we were getting bullied then, like you said, and uh, we had to make a change to try and match them up because we were never winning anything in midfield. It was one of those afternoons and, uh, like you say, in the end, it was men against boys. Disappointing, you've had two games against playoff rivals and you've lost the last two. How disappointing is that for you? Yeah, because like we're normally quite good against teams that are up there and around it, but um, we haven't we haven't deserved anything out of the last two games. You know, we have to hold your hands up and take it on the chin, and uh, you know. But what we can't do is, I've just said in there, we can we can either keep our heads up, keep working, and and bounce back from this because do we want it just to fizzle out? We've still got an opportunity, you know. It's so tight up there, and you know, I think we're two off the playoffs now. But we won't get in the playoffs. We've performed like we've performed the last two games, so we've got to do something drastically, and, and that means we've got to be much, much better Saturday against Chesterfield. You missed Michael Woods today, and it's not good news on the injury front for him. No, Woods is uh, on his knee last week. Um, has obviously done it in the game and not realised till woke up Sunday. His, his, his knee was like a balloon, and uh, he's. Um, He's gone for the scan and it's he's torn his meniscus and you know he's got to have operation probably next Saturday so that'll be him done I believe I can't see him coming back from that which which is a shame because he was which was quite influential over the last few weeks coming back scoring goals and uh, you know um, so that's a blow for us and obviously lost the keeper as well so you know we've had a couple of bad injuries really that have uh, cropped up at the wrong time for us. Yeah, Chesterfield at home next week they're down the bottom but they turn around the form as well so game's coming thick and fast you still think you've got a chance it's still quite tight up down there. Yeah we have to think that you know I'm sure if after today some of our fans I think we've got no chance and uh, they're probably right so after the two performances but we've got to believe in there and I just said that to him in there you know uh, we're still in a position where we can achieve something uh, but we won't if we, if we perform like that we've just got we've got to get our heads up we've got to come in Monday we've got to put it behind us and, and, and we've really got to go and raise the roof really next next Saturday against Chesterfield and go and win the game He wasn't impressed was he? No I wasn't impressed either to be honest we were absolutely bullied by Yeovil when you look at the league table with Dover up with 12th place 37 played 53 points on the board zero goal difference Probably sums us up, really. <laughs> um, I still don't think there's any goals in, in the team. I know we beat five five one the previous week, but to me, it's not a, an expansive Dover team that Yeovil just held them at bay. You know, it's one of these they were bigger, stronger, and wanted it more than Dover because they were more physical than Dover. So, uh, you know, you say I changed my mind um, like my underpants, but if Dover had beaten two good games in the last two games, Solihull and Yeovil. Big physical, strong sides, which is the benchmark for being a National League side, in my opinion. And they've been beaten uh, 3-0 by Solihull, and it could have been 3-0 by Yeovil. So I think Dover are where they are. Um, They could go and beat Chesterfield at the weekend, beat Easley, and I'm talking a little bit different, but the consistency is not there for Dover. And you look at it, and they're mid-table National League side and as a Dover fan I'm quite happy about that you've had a few full storms this season at the start of the season it was pretty much optimistic but you look at the sides in this division Dover just haven't got a goal scoring threat and with Michael Woods being out for the rest of the season he's probably been their best player since um, since Christmas that is a, a blow as well and 
will go from here. And I think Andy Esentala will look at his squad now for the remaining. You know, he still thinks they can get in the playoffs, but you know, you lose the next couple of games and it's all over. And he looks to look at his squad for where he goes for next season because it could be a um, interesting summer with what he does with the players he brought on a two-year contract last year. That's going to be the thing, isn't it? I, th- I think whatever happens from now on, those three athletic players are all playing for their futures. Um, it doesn't matter if they, you know, if they get into the playoffs, then so be it. But Andy Hessenthaler has got a big sum ahead of him, whatever happens between now and the end of the season. Yeah, I think he has, uh, again, he's going into his last year of his contract. And I'm not saying that David should get rid of him as manager, because I think he's done a decent job. Um, and he knows this level, and he's a good National League manager. Just feel that, just a little bit disappointing. And I think, yeah, he'll look at the squad next season and see where he can move on and grow it with. It's very tight at the top of the division, but it showed that Yeovil, you know, I quite, you know, Yeovil were a good, a Chris Kinnear style side a few years ago. They had a bit of pace. They had a couple of absolutely solid centre-halves. You'd had the ball and the man. Um, a couple of good midfielders who just run around terrorising, kicking ankles a little bit and did a job on Dover, so there's no complaints from me on there. And I'll, I'll be surprised at Yeovil if they're not in the playoffs. Yeovil, one of the better sides I've seen at Crabble this season because they did an absolute job on Dover. And if they could finish, it would have been three or four. Yeah, uh, the victory in the National League on Saturday came up at Hartlepool, uh, where another Kent team won up at Hartlepool this season. Another Kent team also had reason to, to, to uh, raise concerns about the Hartlepool fans and things that were allegedly said. Uh, I think we, we kind of covered uh, the issue of racism in non-league football a little bit last week, so we're going to not... We're not going to say that it's not important, We're not, but we are going to sort of skip over it a little bit uh, because the most important thing for FC United is in spite of all that, everything going on around them, that's a massive three points. Huge, huge three points. When we said to them when they lost the previous home game and that stopped Porton Lake, you think, oh, they're a bit like that. I keep writing them off and they keep fighting back, but they need to get back-to-back wins now. There's, there's no... They need to go to Halifax on Saturday and somehow get another three points. And then that puts them in with a chance. The last four games, win one, lose one, win one, lose one. They do that for the rest of the season. They're going to pick up four wins, which is what, 12 points. That will give them 51 points. Probably going to be enough. Is it going to be enough? It could well be. But maybe the sides around there, you need more than 50. So back-to-back wins would do so much for their confidence. And interesting, their results have been away from home recently, haven't it? That's neat. It also could do with it being at, at, um, at Stonebridge Road. But they've got another sort of size to play around with. But they're looking to catch Maidenhead now at the moment. And you would say they might have a chance. Because Maidenhead are on the slide. And obviously, we know if you finish fourth from bottom, you're likely to stay up. So they can see a bit of a line there. By the end of the weekend, they could be fourth from bottom. And that would be an unbelievable achievement Kevin Watson's done. Yeah, I know that uh, AFC Fylde grabbed a late winner on on uh, on Tuesday night, and you, you still I still kind of think they're going to come good at some yeah. point. So, and they've got two games in hand on Fleet, and they're only three points behind. So they they, they have got a Fylde fixture list the next four. I think they're playing all sides around them, so yeah. they'll know. If, you know, I've, you know, I love looking at um, fixtures and things like that. So you you'd expect Fylde to get out of it, yes, but absolutely. Can they win four out of their last eight games or give them 50 points? Probably yes. Will that be enough? Uh, I don't know. But they're going, you know, you, you can't. Kevin Watson, we were critical of him before when he, when he said, oh, you know, you can't play this way on this pitch. But clearly they've gone to Hartlepool and dug it in and ground it out. And I think that's maybe the, the tactic they need to do 
in the next eight games to try and stay up. I think, and on Kevin Watson, I think if he does manage to keep Everton United up, uh, with everything that's been going on around him, that that would be an absolutely phenomenal thing for him to have done in his first job as a manager. Uh, yeah, absolutely first class, and I think um, he could stay at Everton, or other sides would be looking around him because he is. I think he's a good character. I think he works well with the press. And again, how many players he brought in apart from loans? Not a great deal. So shows what he could do with working with the squad as well. Yeah, uh, the draw in the National League on Saturday came for Bromley. Uh, it was a decent draw as well, up at second place Harrogate, um, but still sliding down the table, 13th place now, uh, Bromley. And I, I, we've kind of talked about this a lot over the last couple of months. I can't believe they're in the bottom half of the table now, mate. Did you see that going goal by the Harrogate defender? I haven't seen it yet, no. Corner comes in, six yard, nobody round it, and you know, shanked it into the top corner. So, um, classic. Classic, yeah, I did chuckle when I saw that. Yeah, but probably against Shorty this weekend. If they're going to get a result, get back up in it, um, you know, a win there, they could be levelled back in the playoffs. You think they've got to be Shorty. Well, you would like to think so for Neil Smith and his team. Uh, also this weekend, Dover Fence against Chesterfield, as Matt has mentioned, FC United on the road again up at FC Halifax Town. Televised game, 20 past five kickoff. Uh, on Saturday evening. Then on Tuesday night, uh, Eastleigh against Dover Athletic. What a time to be alive, Matt Gerrard. Yeah, I, I, if, well, if, it, if it's played without a crowd, or with a crowd, I'll be there. If it's played without a crowd, I probably won't be there. But um, yes, I'm looking forward to going down there, weather permitted as well. So, yeah, but, you know, this time next week, I could be um, cock hoop six points from Dover. <laughs> And they're back in the hunt, which could happen, but they could arguably lose two points, two games, because you can't see how they're going to do it work. You see, they're so a bit, little bit inconsistent. Yeah, that brings us on to the National League South then. And there's actually, we haven't got a lot of time left of our allotted time, but uh, uh, we uh, have got quite a lot to talk about, especially at Maidstone United. 3-1 winners uh, on Saturday over Welling United. Uh, and then the news came out on Monday that John Steele... Uh, was leaving the club at the end of the season and uh, we spoke to him on Monday night and uh, one of the most surprisingly brilliant interviews we've ever done, I think, Matt. Yeah, really, yes. He was very forthcoming about what he's going to be doing and where he was going and, you know, absolute respect for, for, for John Steele, what he's done in the game. But clearly there's more important things than football and um, at his age he's realised that and we wish his, his wife all well with, with, her, with her health issues. So, yeah, really, really good interview with John there and shows... As everybody says, nobody's had a bad word to say about John Steele across his thing. It will be a major ask, I think, but if he can get Maystone back into the National League in his final job, that will be one of his best achievements, I think, particularly in the position they're in at the moment. Yeah, exactly. Um, Hakan Retin will be taking full charge of, of the team, and, and he didn't do a bad job at Braintree, did he? So it'll be interesting to see how he gets on. Yeah, I'm sure he'll bring his own coaches in. He'll look to bring his own players in. It's an interesting one because if Maidstone say they're you know, 10 games to go, they missed the playoffs by five or six points, would the fans think, well, maybe he's not the man for the job? If they get in there or maybe miss by a point, I think they'll give him another chance. But clearly, the board like him and they'll give him the backing at least to start next season with new players coming in and Maidstone will go from there. But, you know, I keep writing them off, but the results of the weekend say so they're only five points off Dorking in seventh with two games in hand. So... They could easily sneak in the playoffs, but they've got to show a little bit more, more consistency. But a good result against Welling will, will go down there, and it really ends Welling's very slim hopes of the um, the playoffs as well. Yeah, one team who have got more than slim hopes of the playoffs are Dartford. 
really good result for them on Saturday, going away to St Albans and coming back with a 2-1 win. Uh, it just keeps going on and on and on, doesn't it? Yeah, I would say that you look at that league table there, the top six are nailed on, I would say, for the playoffs. And you've got Maidstone, Hampton uh, and Dorking probably uh, playing for, for one spot there. So Darford, big game against Chelmsford this weekend. Um, Steve King doing a good job again, as we've mentioned numerous times. Uh, just keep going with the consistency, Darford, when you get in the playoffs. You know, they may have to go to the likes of Weymouth, in a game or they'll be home on the first game or whatever I can't remember how it works on this but nobody will be looking to face Dartford under Steve King because he knows you said before he knows his level he knows how the playoff system works so I think I would say now that Dartford are going to be getting those playoffs and we're just waiting on if Maystone can force their way in in the final spot and of course Matt Joe does know that it's one-off ties now in the uh, yeah, yeah they finish sixth who yeah. would they play uh, it would be Fourth, fifth, probably. fifth away, and then so Bath away, yeah, yeah, then, then yeah. from there. So, so they'd have to do it the hard way, won't they? Yeah, that's basically. But it. they could still, I don't know, they they could still uh, move on high. And, and we, I said Dartford goes on and on and on. Well, unfortunately, it does for Tumbridge James as well. Two more games for them, uh, both postponed this weekend, uh, this week. Sorry, home to uh, Eastbourne and home to Maidstone. But hopefully, uh, soon there'll be a solution to their pitch problem, and they can start looking uh, to move some games around. I think they had to go, go funding as well, trying to get 35 grand, didn't they? So, um, from the supporters from that. But I think they're hopeful. I think the weather's supposed to be pretty good in the next few days. They're hopeful, at least next early part of next week, they might actually be playing at home, which would be absolutely fantastic. And hope they can get a big crowd through there. Yeah, this weekend uh, in that division, it's Concord Rangers against Tunbridge Angels, Dartford against Chelmsford, as Matt has already mentioned, uh, Welling United against Billericay and Maidstone are at Eastbourne Borough. Uh, if only I lived in Eastbourne, I could go to that game if I wasn't in Bristol uh, over the weekend. Maidstone in action on Tuesday night as they go to Billericay uh, as well. Uh, right, that's pretty much it for this week's Kent Only podcast. Uh, I've had uh, I've left Matt in the lurch a lot during the re- uh, recording today. But hopefully... oh, I left you in the lurch yesterday, John, so 15 all. Yeah, exactly. So uh, we'll see who wins. Um, don't forget to listen back to Monday night's radio show on the BBC Sounds app. Uh, see how surprisingly cheerful we both sounded uh, on Monday night. Uh, more on that to come in the coming weeks. Um, uh, this Monday we'll just be talking. We're just going to do a proper football show uh, this Monday on BBC Radio Kent nine o'clock. So do tune in for that one. Uh, as always, you can find us on Twitter at Kent NL Podcast or on Facebook at Kent Non League, uh, and you can uh, get in touch with us any way you want to because we always love to hear from our from you and uh, let us know what's going on at your club uh, and we may be looking to speak to someone at some point very soon we're, we're trying to all right calm down so, so i've just dropped my phone on the floor sorry well, uh, absolutely... that was a good spill you were doing there as well wasn't it it was yeah you ruined it um but yeah do do get in touch with us any way you'd like to we would always love to hear from you and matt will be happy to throw his phone on the floor uh on cue anytime you want but thank you everybody for listening to this week's podcast thanks to lawrence harvey as well for for speaking to me earlier in the week and uh, we will speak to you all next week on the kent only podcast I'm off to self-isolate, mate. Get me a doubt.